So, Leah, mm-hmm. I got a question for you. What is your favorite Oprah Winfrey movie? Oh, that's easy. The Color Purple. Easy. <laughs> easy. Of course. Of course. Okay. Now I got another question for you. Mm. What is your least favorite Oprah Winfrey nope, nope, movie? Nope, nope, I'm not doing it. And I'm not being silent. I have been silenced. <laughs> okay? Nope. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. everyone welcome to Demics from radiotopia this is the study of the queen of talk we're two academics breaking down all things oprah i'm your host kelly carter jackson and i'm leah reitberger we are giving you guys a special treat for our last episode of the season we recorded this episode live in front of an audience at the tribeca film festival in new york city It was incredible, and we were so thrilled to have this opportunity. Thank you so much to Tribeca and Radiotopia. We wanted a topic that was appropriate for the venue, so we decided to discuss Oprah and her acting career. That's right. So let's give a little context for Oprah as an actress. In the early 1980s, Oprah was a local talk show host in Chicago. Legendary music producer Quincy Jones noticed something special about her and insisted she be cast in an upcoming movie. And Kelly, do you know what that movie was? Of course, your favorite, The Color Purple. Exactly, exactly. So Oprah first comes to national prominence when she plays Sophia in Steven Spielberg's version of The Color Purple, which comes out in 1985. For those who haven't seen it, The Color Purple is the story of a black family in rural Georgia in the early 20th century. The women in the novel and in the movie face a lot of obstacles, from racism to the men in their families. And in that setting, Oprah's character, Sophia, really tries to fight against those barriers. She's strong, she's independent, and we learn in the film she is not a woman to be dominated. And, you know, what's wild about this for me is that it's her first role, right? It's her first Mm. role, and she ends up being nominated for an Oscar, for an Academy Award. That's big time. Yeah, it's crazy because to me, it's almost as though Oprah had two paths to take, to be an actress or to be a talk show host. And we know which path she took, but... Oprah's been acting off and on for the last few decades, and even when the Oprah show was still on the air. So we're going to talk about some of the big ones, her spearheading of the adaptation of Toni Morrison's Beloved in 1998, which was not as successful as she wanted it to be. And we'll look at her turn in Lee Daniels' The Butler in 2013 and discuss her strange chemistry (laughs) with Terrence Howard, (laughs) of all people. And that's not all. Um, We wanted to know what Oprah brought to these projects and what she couldn't bring to them. And we couldn't think of a better guest to help us do this than Wesley Morris, critic at large for The New York Times. Yes, we are so, so thrilled to have Wesley on the show. A note to our listeners, we tried to record a version of this episode a few months ago, and you know, there were some technical errors, it happens. (laughs) So you'll hear Wesley address that at the beginning of the episode, but other than that, sit back, grab some popcorn, and enjoy our takes on Oprah as an actress. Hey there, I'm so excited to tell you about Radiotopia's newest show, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Kenji and Deb are two of the best home cooks alive. J. Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Food Lab and The Walk, and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen. 
two of my go-tos to make sure I'm getting the perfect recipe for everything from meatballs to muffins. They're pros who obsess over techniques and essential ingredients, so you learn everything you need to create your perfect recipe. You can finally be excited to eat what you make, and maybe even impress your friends and family. Help us welcome the newest show to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb on your favorite podcast platform starting February 26th. Shoe Oprah fashion. We have to do it. Coming up next, Wesley Morris! Oprah. <laughs> so here's the boring part where we have to do an introduction because it's not every day that we get to sit up here with this kind of rock star. Um, Wesley Morris, who, you know, needs no introduction, but is a critic at large for the New York Times. He is also the co-host of the Still Processing podcast. And then, of course, you know, I, I have to do this. I really have to do this. He's a two-time Pulitzer Prize winner <laughs> for criticism. <laughs> so Wesley, Welcome. Thank okay. you for having me. Uh, I should start this by saying to your faces, I love the show. Oh, thank you. I should also say to your faces, I'm sorry I fucked up <laughs> no. when we had this conversation six months ago. And I, can I tell you, can I tell you guys why, why, why it was so bad? Why? Because I, I had never, I professionally talk on a microphone. I, this is one of the things I do with my life now. But I was trying to get cute with you guys. <laughs> and I got these iPod Maxes. I had never made a piece of audio with them before. Um. And I put them on backwards. <laughs> so the microphone, I mean, they really want you to be on this side. Anyway. <laughs> I, when, no, I, when you said it sounded muffled, I'm like, it yes. couldn't possibly. Because, because I spent, <laughs> anyway, anyway. So nice we had to do it twice. Yes. So nice, yeah. yes. I mean, also, I just can't, I, I love y'all. <laughs> I just, I love your brains. I love your chemistry. I too love Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> I too am no fool. Mm-hmm. It's complicated. Yeah, it there's is. There's a lot of, I mean, she's, it's funny because all people are complicated, yeah. but there's something about taking on the responsibility that she has taken on or it, the responsibility that has been sort of projected yeah. mm-hmm. onto her. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what is the first thing that you guys thought after Will Smith slapped Chris Rock? Oh, oh when is, when is Oprah? When's Oprah, Oprah? yeah. When is Oprah? Oprah? When's Oprah going to have to sit down? She called his phone. There's a photo <laughs> of Denzel and Tyler Perry <laughs> trying to like get Will back into yes, his body yeah, yes, at the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you seen this picture? Yes, yes. I have. Oh, it yes. is all yes. seen this. I picture. mean, what is Denzel's body doing? <laughs> but he and Tyler Perry. Anyway, the first thing I thought was Will is like feeling his phone. He's like, well, my phone is doing something. It was Oprah. <laughs> it's Oprah. Oprah was oh, calling yeah. him. Yeah, no, we're all waiting in anticipation for that. You know, I mean, it's going to happen, right? It's got to happen. I mean, she just talked to Tyler Perry about it. Well, a little bit. Was that where that information came from about? Oh, that's That's where it was. It's like a tiny, tiny bit. For all the super fans out there, Oprah used to host an after show after the Oscars. That was what she did Mm -hmm. every single year of her show. And she would always have the Oscar winners on and she would interview them and talk to them about their film or how, you know, anybody else you want to thank that you forgot, stuff like that. I think we forget how much Oprah is, is, again, a part of these conversations, curating these conversations. Mm. And 
to tie it into our conversation today, ah. how much Oprah is a part of like film and yes. Hollywood and yes. the films that she's been in. We really wanted to do this deep dive to talk about Oprah as an actress. And in fact, she's Oscar nominated before she becomes the Oprah Winfrey that we yeah. all know and love. Yeah, mm -hmm. the So color she gets purple. an Oscar nomination for The Color Purple, and that is before the launch of The Oprah Winfrey Show in 1986. Mm -hmm. It is wild to me that Oprah has produced over 40 films. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. <laughs> she has been in The Color Purple, in Beloved, in mm -hmm. Selma, in The Butler, in The Women Abuser Place. She's a Wrinkle been, she's, in Time. A Don't wrinkle forget in it. Time. Don't forget she's it. She's also well, been in let's, animated let's movies. Know. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> she was in The Princess and the Frog. She narrates, you know, all of these films. I was like, that's over. She had a role in The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, She's so one of the radio announcers. Yeah. So, like, Oprah, again, everywhere. So, what we want to do today is we can't tackle 40 films. Sorry, we guys. We can't. <laughs> you don't need but, to tackle 40 films. <laughs> what we're going to do... Some of those do films tackled us. ...is we're going to, we're going to tackle The Color Purple... Mm -hmm. We're going to look at Beloved, mm -hmm. and we're going to look at The Butler. And first, we're going to show you a clip from The Color Purple. And before we, before I show Ezra, the clip, though, before I show the you clip... you got to ask the question. I want to know if you think Oprah is a good actress. Listen. <laughs> is there a camera here? <laughs> no, listen. No, I mean... <laughs> Don't, uh-oh. <laughs> Let me explain. Just yes or no. I'm trying yes to. Yes or no. <laughs> oh, is I, it? I mean, I'm going to say immediately yes. Mm. Yes. She is a fantastic actress. She is better than, I would say, probably about 60% of the actresses that are their full-time job is acting. Mm. And then, in fact, what makes her such a good talk show host is how good of an actress she is. Mm. Mm. Feel There's, free to disagree. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but not strongly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I think. I think she always wanted to be an actor. Mm -hmm. That was what she, that's one of the things on her, on her dream list mm -hmm. of careers. Yeah. I think that the news and talking to people happened first. Mm -hmm. I mean, career-wise, yeah. it's the thing yeah, that it's happened the broadcast first, right? Yeah. Um, I think that whatever it was that Quincy Jones and Steven mm -hmm. Spielberg and Suzanne DePass saw in Oprah Winfrey that got her cast in The Color Purple is real. Mm -hmm. I think that she... And I mean, it kind of makes me emotional, right? I mean, we can talk about should Steven Spielberg have made that movie? Oh, mm. that's another conversation. All, all day long. Mm -hmm. But he is one of the best directors of human beings in front mm. of a camera who's ever lived. He could get this water bottle mm. to the Academy Awards. Mm. <laughs> and I think that. Whoopi and Oprah had never, I mean, among other people in that movie, yeah. but especially those two, mm -hmm. they had never really, they had never been in a movie before. Yeah. And if you watch them in this movie, you wouldn't know that. Yeah. No. no. There is um, an immediacy to both of them. And I think the reason that I sort of did all that hemming and hawing before I answered the question is because 
I think that Oprah is one of these people who has something in it. Like I'm, I swear to God, I'm about to cry <laughs> because I'm just thinking about potential mm -hmm. and how much in her there is mm -hmm. to give. Mm -hmm. And so I think that Spielberg got that out of her mm -hmm. as Sophia. I think that Lee Daniels should get another crack at Oprah Winfrey because mm -hmm. I, I like the butler a lot. I think that Lee Daniels, though, is the kind of director, he trusts that everybody can do what he wants them to do. Mm. And she did, she's great in that movie, by the way. I think if, if you can get her to a place where she can just find who the actual person is, mm -hmm. she's wonderful. She is, mm. she is. And the problem with some of these performances is I mean, how do you play Setha? I mean, Ooh. I don't, because she's not a, I mean, she's not a trained actor. And she wants to go wherever that part needs, she will go wherever she has to go. Um, so I, to answer your question, I, I think that she, there is a like, oh my God, I did not know she could do that yeah. piece of acting in her. I think it might be on the stage. I don't know if she could do it for eight days, you know, eight times a week. Yeah, that's a mm -hmm. lot, that's but, a lot. But I think, I think if Felicia Rashad called her up and was mm -hmm. like, Oprah, they are thinking about you to do this, this part, I will, I will coach you on how to have a nervous breakdown eight times a week. Because <laughs> I can, I, Felicia but Rashad, think Oprah's not a trained actress. You know, mm -hmm. she didn't go to Juilliard. Right. She didn't go to Yale. So the fact that her breakout role is the color purple. And but, for many of us embodies who Sophia is. So when yes. we oh, think yeah. of it, I mean, so if you mm -hmm. think of the color purple and you think of Sophia, you think of Oprah Winfrey. Let's, let's show the clip. Yeah. This is the clip of the color purple that many of you will know if you have seen the film before. Or not, for that matter. Oh my life, I had to fight. I had to fight my daddy. I had to fight my uncles. I had to fight my brothers. Girl, child ain't safe in a family means. But I ain't never thought I had to fight in my own house. I love Hoppo. God knows I do. But I kill him dead before I let him beat me. Now, you want a dead son-in-law, Miss Seeley? You keep on advising him like you doing. Wow. Mm. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Iconic. 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 I mean, you want to talk about quote. So my sister and I, we quote movies all the time. Like half of our vocabulary is a script. <laughs> but like we quote movies all the time. That yeah. scene right there is everything. Mm -hmm. And when you know Oprah's story, when you know that that she is a survivor of sexual assault, that she has had a traumatic upbringing that is filled with sexual abuse by people that she knew. Yeah. When she's talking about a girl not being safe yeah. among men, she is speaking from experience. Yeah. And that scene is so heavy to me yeah. that I can't watch it and not think about her own life in reality. Mm. Well, that's, isn't that, so isn't that the brilliance of Oprah as an actress, right? So what Wesley is, is talking about drawing within herself, there's something within Oprah that is, represents possibility talent, what have you. But part of why we love Oprah as a society, as a country, as, you know, around the world, is that vulnerability, 
mixed with authenticity, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. a relentless push to really channel her, use her own story mm-hmm. to tell different people's stories, right? The human yeah. condition. Yeah, yeah. And so, like you said, Kelly, you hear that. We look back now, and my what I immediately think of is Oprah telling the world that she had a child when she's like 13 years yeah, old, 14, right? Yeah. 14 years old. Mm-hmm. But saying, I will not be shamed for this, mm. right? And I'm going to stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. So it's about tapping into that raw vulnerability, that authenticity, but also that destigmatizing shame that, that makes us attracted to her. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the strength in it. Wesley, what do you think when you see that clip? Uh, <laughs> how... I- Hmm. It's interesting, right? Because I am thinking about these things. I mean, when I saw this movie originally, I was like, oh, that's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Like, the shot before this, the sequence begins with Sophia trudging yeah, yeah, towards yeah. C, right? Mm-hmm. And there's something about, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The stomping, the stomping. Yeah. That walk. But historically, right, there is like a straight line from her to every black woman who's ever appeared in a movie. Mm. And the challenge of this movie in some ways is, you know, Spielberg knows that history. Like he's a student Mm -hmm. of of Hollywood. He knows how black people have functioned in movies throughout its history. And by 1985, what would it mean to go back to this particular period and and tell stories about black Mm. people? that don't involve white people mm-hmm. exclusively or even, you know, centrally at all. Mm. Um, so how does she, how is she transcending the stereotypes that, you know, if this were a different movie, mm-hmm. let's say it's 1941. Yeah. That would be Hattie McDaniel. That would be half a scene. She'd be talking to a white person and that would be all she'd do and for the rest of the movie. She'd be standing around, you know, making faces or falling through doors or mm-hmm. getting kicked in the butt, yeah. literally kicked in the butt. Yeah. Um, which is the thing that happened to Hattie McDaniel many times. Yeah. Um, but what I like about I, the color purple is that we're, we're not showing that scene, but the, the slap. Oh, when yeah. The white woman yes. says, yes. oh, maybe your daughter could come work for me. Yep. And when you see Oprah slap this white woman, it's like, what? Yes. Yeah. You don't see a whole lot of slaps like that. No. And can we also talk about how Oprah Winfrey finds a way to slap people in all, like, all of her films? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I forgot it's the a, ballet. Right. It's, it's, it's a really big deal for her to slap a white woman <laughs> yeah. in, this, in this film. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a huge deal. Well, she. I mean... It's a big deal for us, right? Yeah. And in the movie, it's a big deal because Sophia goes to jail, yeah. right? Yeah. And it ruins her family. Yeah. Or you know, at least, well, I'm. it separates her from mm-hmm. her family at the mm-hmm. very least, right? Yeah. She's estranged from her family, and by the time she gets out, it provides Sophia this other very moving scene at that dinner where there's all this shit going yeah. on, right? And Celia has finally stood up for herself, mm-hmm. and it kind of gives Sophia, who has been you know, obviously brutally beaten in prison. A moment of just like a jolt of electricity. Yeah. Where she's, I mean, her the, the most famous line in the movie really, as far as I'm concerned is, I mean, Sophia's home now, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. That, that is, that is a real feminist energy, right? Mm-hmm. Celia is standing up to Mr. Yeah. And the, it's supposed to be, it's comic relief, 
but I never found it funny. No. It is powerful shit. Yeah. Like, everybody in the theater and everybody in this world have been waiting for Celie to, like, finally, st- all the women, anyway, mm-hmm. waiting for yeah. Celie to finally, like, stand up to him. And tell him off, yeah. And tell him off. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I did not see this in a movie theater, but I have seen it with groups of people. I've seen it yeah. in public since, and... Just the clapping, oh, people who've yes. never seen it before. Oh, mm-hmm. It's just catharsis. Like standing it's up. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's, yes. it's, it's so, so good. Yeah. It's so, you know, it's funny. Before this, Lee and I were talking about Whoopi Goldberg and Oprah Winfrey and how mm-hmm. it's funny how after this, Whoopi Goldberg becomes like full on actress. She's in EGOT. You know, yeah, EGOT winner, mm-hmm. but she also goes on to do Go. She does. Um, what's the nun movie? Um, Sister, Sister Act. Sister Act. Uh, just a whole slew of movies. But but Oprah goes off to be a talk show host. Right. Mm-hmm. Then Oprah retires. And right. after Oprah retires, within a five-year period, she does three films. Yeah. She does The Butler. She does Selma. She does A Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. And Whoopi Goldberg becomes like a talk, talk show host. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like they almost swap careers, yeah. you well, know, or, mean, or, or pivot careers a little bit. Cosmically, I mean, you know, I have this, I have this theory of market corrections, mm. and you know, <laughs> I mean, it's worse with black people because you can't. It's a, it's like it's the worst kind of market correction because mm. there can truly only be one black oh, woman. Oh. It's not even there can be only one person who's like Tom Hanks. Yeah. So bye bye, Mark Harmon. Yeah, it's more like. <laughs> There can only be one, and there mm-hmm. really was. There was one black woman yeah. from 1985 mm. until, you know, I mean, when did it when did it really end for Whoopi? Mm, like yeah, the mid 1990s. Yes, mm. but she was like a top ten bankable yeah. star for sure for six years, seven years for sure. Um, sure. When she was in a movie, people went yeah mm-hmm. over and over. And so I think Oprah, I wonder what would have happened if things were different, mm. right? And the racism either functioned different, differently or didn't mm. exist. Because, I mean, I don't, I've never, maybe you guys know this better than I do. I've never heard Oprah Winfrey talk about what she was being offered to do after The Color. Mm. If she was offered anything. Hey everyone, Jody Avergan here. I'm one of the producers of the show, and we've been away for a while, but we are so excited to be coming back with brand new episodes, a new season of the show under a new name, You Get a Podcast. Make sure you go to yougetapodcast.com to find out all the latest information. And on our website, we're running a one-time fundraiser over the next couple months during our new season. We're asking for your financial help, however you can, to help get the show back on its feet under its new name. You can give $5, you can give $50, I won't stop you, you can give as much as you want. But if you give $86 or more, we've got a special treat for you. Now, why 86? Well, 1986 is the year that Oprah started her show. So for everyone who gives $86 or more, we're going to do a special event with Kelly and Leah and the producers of the show. But look, whatever you can chip in, we really, really appreciate your support. This is a completely self-produced show. Your support will go directly to making new episodes. We've made it super easy for you. It's tax deductible. It takes two seconds. You can do it right on our website, yougetapodcast.com. Once again, you get a podcast.com and thank you. All right, here's Kelly and Leah. So 
the next big movie Oprah has is Beloved, which we're going to talk about. And Beloved... Define big. Okay, so big Mm -hmm. in that Oprah has a major role. She is the central character in this film. She pretty much bankrolls this film as well. I mean, they put a lot of money into Beloved. And she buys the rights to Beloved in 1988. Yes, she sure does. 1988. And the movie, for all of its great intentions, flops. It does not do well at the box office at all. And people are like... Yeah, people in Hollywood are like, yeah. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard because this is this is the beginnings of Oprah has the Midas touch. You know, Oprah, anything she does turns to gold. This does not turn to gold. No. She talks personally about how she had you know great depression after this. She put on thirty pounds. She just mm-hmm. you know was so depressed after this moment. But I think that's because. You know, when you pick these movies, they do put you on a certain uh, um, pathway in in terms of what films you get after this sort of set a precedent for what you can expect to see this kind of person in. And Beloved was such a difficult film. Right. Where do you go from that? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I don't think it's... So Oprah had been doing the work to really prime her audience for Toni Morrison, Mm -hmm. right? And by Mm -hmm. by that point, Mm -hmm. when I say prime her audience, she is doing the work to prime white women Mm -hmm. for Toni Morrison, right? So there's that intimate dinner she hosts Mm -hmm. for like a small group of largely white women. It's like, this is royalty. This is literary royalty. You yeah. must respect her and we will treat her. We will dine on gold platters. <laughs> yes. This is Tony Morrison. I will never forget Tony. that meal. Right? <laughs> I'll never forget it. But with the movie, and there's all of this, like Oprah has, yeah, I think has the cast of Beloved on. Mm-hmm. She really goes hard for it. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mother who is here, my mother and my aunt took me to see Beloved in the movie theater. Mm. And we sat there in silence. <laughs> Now, we had all read the book. We've read it multiple times. We are all great fans. We were excited. How Mm -hmm. is this going to translate? And something wasn't there. Something. Something. I mean, (laughs) was he the hater? I'm trying to be very kind and very loving. That's what brought me here. I I will not be. (laughs) You know, it's funny because I I just feel bad. Because as we were, we're, we're prepping, and I'm like... Should I rewatch Beloved? You were and like, I was no. like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> like, I can't. This is this is hard. It's that su- it is such Although, a hard movie. Do we think today it would have been received better? There's much more space for difficult, magical realism, surreal movies, mm. and there's much more. It seems like there's much more of an appetite. With that being said. Maybe I'm just making excuses right now. No, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think that is a great question. Um, if 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 nothing changes in this movie, I mm. think it gets received the same way. Mm. But I think the stakes would be lower, right? Yeah. Because if you think about what was happening, this was still during that period where, when a black person, any black person of any who had any clout, did anything. It was so important for us all to go out yes. opening opening weekend. Yes, and support. I mean, yeah. we lived through that yeah. for the, the entire '90s. Was opening weekend? Yeah. It'll never happen again. <laughs> I know. And to treat a work of literature by one of the greatest novelists to ever mm-hmm. walk the earth, yes, as a Hollywood production primed for Oscar nominations, etc. I just think the stakes were too high for this yeah. movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and. It, it is not very good, but 
I will say a few things about what is great about this movie. Mm. Thandie Newton and a Kimberly Elise. Yeah. This is why I think it matters that Oprah didn't get to, to be trained as an actor. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying she couldn't have found it, yeah. but Jonathan Demme, he's the wrong director for her. Mm. I know she chose him, and I think she's good in it, mm. but he's just not her director, mm. right? He definitely sees something in her that he can't quite, he can't get it all out, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And his humanity, his humaneness, his interest in, like, in people um, serves that movie because there's a care involved. There's no mm -hmm. script. The script is bad. I mean, there is a script, but it's not very good. <laughs> um, Kimberly Elise has access to emotions that I, mm. I, I don't know how she does I, that. Mm -hmm. Her performance in this movie, I saw that movie, and I, I mean, I saw that, the, her, I wept at the movie. Mm. I wept. Um, there was a moment where she, toward the end, I don't remember exactly what happens with Denver, but I, I don't remember what it was. I think she's mm -hmm. crying, mm -hmm. and so I start crying. Mm. And Danny Newton is just doing, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's incredible. Realism. I mean, but she figured out how to make an intangible, abstract, mm, yes. literary device mm. more than a ghost, yeah. right? I mean, in the way that Toni Morrison understands, understands Beloved to be more than a ghost, but yeah. I think there is so much greatness happening in this movie. Mm. Um, I think that there is, it, the, 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 the movie does get at certain truths of, of the novel. It just doesn't take the risks yeah. that, I mean, if you if you had to write what Beloved was about down, <laughs> like just like to pitch it at a Hollywood meeting. Oh now, God, do you know Ghost I mean? Baby. Okay, wait. Let me let me just say this for those who are not familiar with Beloved, the novel or the film, it's brilliant. But even when I read Beloved and I got a PhD, y'all, I'm like, wait, <laughs> hold up, wait, it's okay, hard. wait, let me read that again. She said, what? <laughs> like, it's hard. Beloved is hard. Like, and even when, when, um, God rest her soul, when Toni Morrison passed, I tried to reread Beloved. I'm like, I'm going back. I'm reading Toni Morrison books and honor Morrison. And then I got to like chapter two and I was like, yeah, I can't hurt. I mean, I can't. it's hard. Toni Morrison is hard. Yeah. Right. And we've talked, we talked a little bit about this. Toni Morrison adaptions generally don't work. No. Because it takes a special kind of setting, it takes a special kind of, I think, vision in order to bring that to life. And I think, Wesley, you well, said you on the, the, the podcast, the first iteration of this, that <laughs> perhaps if this had been like art house style, small mm. rollout, small audiences at first, and then opening up to larger, that it might have done. A hundred percent, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say mm. The word of mouth, the word of mouth. I mean, yeah. the problem with the movie is Oprah's Oprah-ness, right? Mm. The stakes were too high. Mm. And I think if somebody had said, if Touchstone, it's a Disney movie, by the way, that's the other, it's, I mean, it's Touchstone, oh, yeah. but it's basically Disney. Yeah. The notes are coming from Disney. <laughs> and I actually think, I mean, I don't, there's more things I don't know. I don't know what the converse, I mean, Oprah wanted everybody to see this movie, right? Mm -hmm. She had a lot riding on it, but I think that there is a, you have to be being really honest about and in touch with mm -hmm. what this book mm -hmm. is really about. 
Yeah, right? mm. you do. And it doesn't, ma I mean, on the one hand, who it doesn't matter who the person is who does it, but you have to be really respond, you have to read the book 15 times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you really have to understand who this woman was and mm -hmm. what the stakes were for her. Yeah. Now, I think everybody acting in this movie does. Yeah. I think everybody knows what the book is chat, about. Beautiful by the way. That, yes, that, I mean, I think everybody knows what the, mm. what the stakes are and what the book is about and mm -hmm. what the movie should be doing. I don't think the screenplay understands. You know, it's funny because, so Oprah doesn't really do another big, I'm gonna put in quotes, movie until her show goes off the air and she does The Butler. Mm -hmm. The Butler. The Butler comes out in 2013. Mm -hmm. um, it's about the life of, of a, a black butler in the White House who, from Eisenhower's administration mm -hmm. all the way to Obama's administration, mm -hmm. basically got to see the ins and outs of the White House and all of these different administrations. And I have to say, I absolutely loved Oprah in this movie. And I have issues with the movie. I have issues with a lot of movies. But mm -hmm. like, I have issues with the movie. But I thought Oprah's role in that film was so good and so authentic mm -hmm. and I don't know she kind of stole the movie from mm -hmm. me like mm -hmm. her performance did mm -hmm. I, I waited till I saw her in the next scene and then I waited till she would come back to the next scene it was that kind of film for me I will I will say so Wesley and and Kelly have tried to convince me that the butler is like the movie and I can't do it this is my least favorite <laughs> <laughs> it's the movie they're like you have to watch it you have to watch no it's so good Wesley even had like a reading on it as like the butler is satire oh. I was like I was like I maybe if I read it through that lens I I struggled even as I recognized that there are certain parts of it it may be the academic in me reading this historical fiction and being unable to separate myself. Never <laughs> ask a historian yeah. about a historical movies. No, no, don't do no. it. I, that's my favorite Oprah yeah. performance. Yeah, it's really? Because there's, I mean, the thing about mm -hmm. Oprah is you gotta get her to like let her guard down. Mm. You have to get her to not be afraid to not just be vulnerable, but to like, actually hurt, right? Mm. To actually luxuriate in whatever, it, like that mm. part is just some average average person, mm. right? Just a working person, married to a working person. Mm -hmm. Raise some kids, not living in glamor, but not, you know, enslaved or dealing with, with you know, the big themes of American life. Just living its implications. Yeah. So this film, The Butler, I'm gonna show a clip. And this is a clip where they're sitting at dinner. Forrest Whitaker plays mm -hmm. the butler. Oprah plays his wife. Gloria is his wife. And then David Oyelowo mm -hmm. plays their, their son. And he has his girlfriend over the house for dinner. And, well, this is what happened. Yaya DaCosta. Yaya. Yes. yes. Me and your daddy saw a wonderful movie the other night. It reminded me so much of you. Oh, yeah? What was the name of that movie, honey? In the Heat of the Night. In the heat of the night with Sidney Poitier. Lord, Sidney Poitier. I love Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier is a white man's fantasy of what he wants us to be. But his movies have him fighting for equal rights. Only in a way that's acceptable to the white status quo. Ah. Oh. The brother can't act. 
Who are you talking about? He just won the Academy Award. He's breaking down barriers for all of us. By being white. By acting white. Sidney Poitier is nothing but a rich Uncle Tom. Look at you. All puffed up. Put your hat on your head. Coming in here, saying whatever you want. Girlfriend belching at the table. You don't even feel you gotta go to school even though I gave you the money. You need to go. Yeah. Lewis, I need you to get out of my house. What? Get the hell out of my house! What are you no, doing? No, no, get on no, out! No, 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 you gotta go. No, Cecil, no, no. I can't take this no more! We ain't seen handle. this boy! We ain't seen I'm this boy! Seen this boy. Seen this boy. Seven years now, everybody just I'm sorry, out. Mr. Butler. I didn't mean to make fun of your hero. Everything you are and everything you have is because of that butler. Now you take that trifling low-class bitch and get out of this house. Oh! We said, we told you, Oprah loves a good I slap. I mean, wow. But loves a good slap. <laughs> that was a good slap. That was a good slap. <laughs> that was a good slap. You know why I love this, this scene so much? Right before this scene, she's, she's talking about, uh, this, I think, the sweet potatoes that she made. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, I put orange juice in it. It's so good mm -hmm. with orange juice. It makes it tart, you know? And the way she's talking, I'm like, this is someone in my family. Like, I mm -hmm. know this woman intimately. This is my aunt. This is mm -hmm. my cousin. This is so many people within this role that I, for, for just a second, forgot that she was Oprah. Just for a second. Mm -hmm. Because she felt so... Legitimate in that in Present. that space. Present, no, yes. Authentic, yes. Authentic, mm -hmm. yes. And I was even here for the slap. I mean, we can talk <laughs> about the politics of the conservatism and all that stuff in this film. But like, I mean, Wesley, what did you think when or, you saw this? Or or Leah? Or what, so what I was going to say is that it's it's we understand why the slap happened. Yeah, we understand oh, the dynamics. It's mm -hmm. something. So I'm watching that and I'm like, oh, that's something. I'm not saying my mother would slap anyway. <laughs> You know, she's looking down in shame. But um, <laughs> what I am saying is I can understand family dynamics where a mother would turn around and slap her son for disrespecting his mm. father, his provider, mm -hmm. particularly at that point in time, right? Mm -hmm. Someone mm -hmm. who's worked his ass off for his child so that his yeah. child could have the privilege of telling him that he was a sellout, yeah. right? Yeah. We understand that. We understand where it comes from. And that's what, you know, I said I didn't like the film, but that is a scene, you know, we, we all worked when we put this together. This is a scene that I do like. Right? <laughs> that you do that, like. That I like okay, and that, okay. that, that we, can, we can really stick our uh, hands into. Yeah. Um, I think that the thing I love about, I love this movie in part because, I mean, Lee Daniels makes a kind of movie that I, Oh, it's one of my favorite styles of filmmaking, which is basically trash. <laughs> like, he's a great director. Of, he's a great. He's got a great trash sensibility, right? Like he is not afraid of mess. I mean, mm. like physical human mess. I don't mean mm. like the movie is a mess. Yeah. Although a component of an aspect of trash is is a kind of formal messiness. Like mm. I think. Like a, to give you an example of what a movie that I'm like an like an er trash movie. I think JFK is a great American work of utter trash. Like, absolute <laughs> supreme trash, right? Like, people's wigs are falling off. They're sweating their makeup off. Like, Tommy Lee Jones in that movie, Joe Pesci in that movie, it, Kevin Bacon in that movie, the, like, the, the sexuality. I think that Lee Daniels really understands, like, the, the sort of, the sort of physical, 
mess that people and sort of psychological, he knows how to embody and, and represent and bring that out of characters. Mm -hmm. um, and he's not afraid of things just always seeming kind of off. Mm. And there's a moment between Oprah Winfrey and Terrence Howard, um, mm. who plays mm. their neighbor, yeah. and they're having, they've had sex before, and she has decided for reasons I don't quite understand. It's like, the, the movie is sort of post-trash in its, in its <laughs> um, the, we've missed the trashy stuff, a lot of it. Mm -hmm. It's Oprah and Terrence Howard sitting on the sofa, and he is attempting to like, not even rekindle, like he thinks they're gonna do it again. And she's like, mm. I'm not having it. But there's something, the two of them on that sofa, he's, mm. he, I don't know what his training is, but he's like, he's got, he's method in style. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so there's a kind of, I mean, he, he was for a moment the most exciting person working in America. Yeah, mm. yeah. But he also, this classic method actor shit, like there's- Little messy, all, a, a lot little of, messy, lot, a lot, lot messy. messy. A lot of <laughs> stuff going on up here makes him almost unhirable. But mm. he, in this movie, is sitting with Oprah Winfrey, who is not a method actor, and is trying to figure out, I mean, I would love to hear her talk about what it was like to work with him, because mm. she's gotta be ready to go wherever Terrence Howard is gonna go in this scene. Mm -hmm. And she is sitting there, and you don't see her gears turning, but you can see her like turned on by, mm. I mean, she's so immediate that you don't know if it's how Terrence Howard doing this or if it's she, mm. if she's playing this person being turned on then turned off by this guy. Mm. Um, but there is an electric yeah. energy between them on that sofa That's and so she cute. is riding his wave. <laughs> And you can't believe that the movie does not just let them do it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But you know, I mean, this is the other thing about Oprah. You're not going to see her, like, romping around in the bed with somebody. Like, there are no... Unless it's beloved. Well, oh, yeah. Mm. But they kind of, that. you know, that... Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that so much of her career, in a lot of ways, is somewhat asexual. In the sense that, mm -hmm, you know, she mm -hmm. doesn't... We don't know a whole lot about Stedman. He's kind of an enigma, you know, like, and we don't see her, other than we were talking about her birthday episode when um, John Travolta John called Travolta. her sexy. Oh. Yes, he's like, you are sexy. Beautiful. You are like, oh, and, I mean, and he's saying it just like this. He's like moving. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> no, we're like, John. Sexy. I, <laughs> have you guys done an episode about white men in Oprah? Oh. Because it's real. Are you really deep. trying to get us Tell in me more. Tell me about who? Tom Cruise, John Travolta. All Tom I mean, Donald there's Trump. something about getting in her field of energy, mm. right? Whatever that is. I mean, I've met her and I kind of understand it, but I don't. It's just different. That's amazing. And there's so <laughs> many. And it doesn't, black men don't do it with her, right? Mm. It's just white men. You know, I don't think you're I wrong. Mean, <laughs> season two? Season two? Season right? I mean, two. I'm, I'm, I'm about it, about it. We can talk. Segment. I know. Oprah, <laughs> Oprah and white men. I mean, I feel like there has to be there has to be conversation at the very least. There does. I just, I'm, just, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> okay, so I have to bring us back to where we started this conversation. I asked you if you thought Oprah was a good actress. Mm -hmm. You sort of hemmed and hawed a bit. Mm -hmm. Now that we have, like, revised a lot of these or, or, or come back to some of these clips and images, do you still have the same thoughts about Oprah as an actress? I, I'm, yes, I, my, my mind has not changed. I think that there is a great, there is a truly um, bizarre, 
Oh, you know what we have not <laughs> talked about? Sorry. I just I just remembered something. And this is I did the same thing today that I did when we talked before. <laughs> Henrietta Lacks. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. That we did talk about that. Yeah. Henrietta mm-hmm. Lacks. You had thoughts. That mm-hmm. to me is that I mean, it's not a great movie, but it, it doesn't need to be because she is great in it. Mm. And what she needs to do is play strange people. Mm. There's like this woman is this 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 descendant of Henrietta Lacks is um jittery. She's she's got mental health issues mm-hmm. um that she is kind of working on mm. and she's got a lot of trust issues and Oprah has so many things to play. It's a yeah. physical part, mm-hmm. it's a psychological part, it's emotional. There is um you know, she gets to like be a normal person. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something about like playing goddesses and witches. <laughs> and that's not it's what much. she needs to be doing. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, this is a question we don't have the answer to, which is like, I would love to know what Oprah has turned down. Like what has mm-hmm. someone come to her and said, we would love for you to be X. And they gave it to like, like Queen Latifah or somebody, or they gave it to like, you know, uh, or Whoopi or somebody yeah. else that, you know, she did not, um, you know, or she said, no, not until I finish my show am I going to take on more acting. She has said she's very selective about yeah. what she chooses to do. But one thing that, I mean, we don't have time to talk about it, but one thing that I think is worth thinking about is Oprah as a producer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because this is the shift that she has made in her career. She's starting to do, you know, she continues to do acting, but she's produced so many things. She produced Precious. Right, Precious. And the Butler. Um, Selma. And, yes, yes. And one of the interesting things here is how she snaps up the rights to a lot of work that is rooted in either African-American history, African-American politics, and chooses when she's going to, you know, either bankroll the project, mm-hmm. publicize the project, mm-hmm. or really just put her heart and soul into the project. And sometimes it's successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. other times it's not. Yeah. But that's just the I mean, you know, that's that's just when you do that many, some of them yeah. are gonna hit and some of them yeah. aren't. But I think that to always be doing it, to have the power yeah. to always be doing it and to yeah. not back away from to not be afraid mm-hmm. to fail. Because I think that was a really huge thing for her for a long yes. time. Although, you know. Was being afraid to, to fail. fail. Yeah. She's too big to fail. Mm. Is she? She is. So, my theory is she can fail, but she doesn't really fail. This woman is a billionaire. Yeah, that's true. Right? And knowing Oprah, she would be like, all of my failures are lessons. Correct. And mm. therefore, I take Correct. everything on my journey. But, like, it would be very much like well, Super Soul Sunday. Think about. The like the the blowback, she's always gotten blowback for how she's approached these big interviews, right? Mm-hmm. But think about the best performance. Think about what the best performance she's given in the last like ten years is. Mm. It was with Meghan and Harry. Thank oh! you, thank you. I mean, oh, right, you know, that's right. Facts. Say it. Yes, it. Right. Were you were you were silent, you silent <laughs> or were you silent? <laughs> <laughs> That is the line of the decade. Or who was asking that? <laughs> the gifts that came yes. out of because that interview. Because she knows how to be interview. Oprah, yes. right? Yes. Like some of her best performances are as herself. Yes. Right? Er- Do you know self. how much I can communicate with an Oprah gift? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it is, right. it's insane. I just want to say again, 
this was thank so you. wonderful. Oh. So thank wonderful, Wesley. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me. I know. Being Love in you. conversation with you is like the best thing it's ever, wonderful. ever. Thank so I'm just, I I'm so thrilled that we could do this again. I'm so happy that you messed up your recording equipment. I'm so happy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Wesley. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you Jody. I Thank you so much to the Tribeca Film Festival for having us. We had such a great time. And thank you to Radiotopia for organizing this event and giving us the opportunity. And thanks to Wesley Morris for joining us live in New York City. Thank you. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of our season. We have covered so much, but just scratched the surface of the Oprah Winfrey show. So, Leah, I got another final question for you. Oh, boy. What have you learned this semester? Oh, so this is reaffirm my belief that Queen O, is that what we're calling her? Are we calling her (laughs) Oprah Winfrey? I'm not sure. Lady O. Lady O. um, (laughs) But that Oprah Winfrey is an institution and a powerful Mm. and a significant institution at that. Yeah, I think I've learned that even with 4,500 episodes and 25 seasons, Oprah is inexhaustible completely inexhaustible and we can keep these conversations going for a long time forever forever as as cardi b says forever right (laughs) forever ever forever Forever, ever ever. (laughs) so even though the season is done we want to invite all of our opradimic listeners to go onto our website opradimics.com take our end of the year quiz to test your knowledge of oprah winfrey and our show and once you do that you can join us for a graduation ceremony on july 12th at noon eastern time to celebrate the end of the oprah school year and maybe get a fabulous prize And don't you worry, because there's more Opradamics coming in the future. In the fall, we'll be back for season two. And we already know some of the topics we want to dive into, like Oprah and hip hop. Oprah and the wagon effect. Oprah and her road trip with Gail. Yes. So stay tuned to your podcast feed. Opradamics is a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX a network of independent, listener-supported, artist-owned podcasts. You can find out more at radiotopia.fm or at our website, opradimics.com. And while there, you can sign up for our newsletter, send us an email, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All the information you need is on our site. Once again, that's opradimics.com. And also, Radiotopia is listener-supported. If you want to support us, you can do so directly on our website. And thank you to everyone who's helping spread the word about Oprahdemics. Please tell a friend, leave a rating or a review, a good one. All of that helps (laughs) so much. Our producer is Nina Ernest. Our executive producer is Jody Avergan. Thanks to Audrey and Julie and everyone at Radiotopia. Thank you so much for all you've done for us. Thanks to Jonathan Conda for our beautiful and brilliant artworks and artwork. And uh, thanks to Jonathan Conda for our brilliant and beautiful artwork. I'm Kelly Carter Jackson. And I'm Leah Wright Rigger. Class dismissed. Enjoy summer. Let's see you soon. <laughs> You had to add it. (laughs) Radio Tokyo.